international football. Boo! Do you uh, know you... how rubbish international football is? This is how rubbish international football is. Brazil versus Ghana. The most colourful football match you could possibly imagine. Couldn't sell out Fulham's ground, which is about big enough to hold three men and a dog. And then it was a rubbish game anyway. Yeah, it's, it's really sad because like, I'm a huge World Cup fan. I really am. Like, The World Cup is probably my single favourite thing about football. I, I, I just absolutely love it. But everything apart from the World Cup is just complete and utter dross. I mean, I quite like the Euros and I like the Africa Cup of Nations, uh, but the qualifiers are interminable. By their very nature, they're almost all mismatched games or meaningless games being English I I have to watch England if I want to watch football on terrestrial television I, I grew up as an England fan I'm not ashamed to admit it but I'm really not it's sure it's part of the 12-step process you know that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really not sure I am one anymore you know, I, I said last night on Twitter, that's it. I, I'm I'm not watching them again until we've got five players in the starting lineup. If we've got, if Jones, Smalling, Cleverly, Rooney, and Young all start for England, then I'll watch them. But until yeah, but that that's day, the thing is, Capello had the opportunity to do that, and I mean, there, there was not a chance England were going to lose that game. Uh, even if they, in fact, there's probably more chance England were going to lose that game playing the biggest boned, big boned central midfield I've ever seen uh, instead of the kids. I mean, he could have played a whole bunch of youngsters that have had a vibrant side and it would have made a lot of sense it, you know england had basically won the group uh, and uh, and they'll go to montenegro and and get a draw because you know it's montenegro uh, and uh, there's a chance here for capello to play some exciting youngsters and he didn't you say it's montenegro but on the other hand it's england they're awful they're just awful the welsh fans were singing fourth in the world you're having a laugh and never has the overused you're having a laugh chant been more worthy of a rollout because that's the most ridiculous statistic in world football Mm. Good, good job England weren't playing Suriname ranked 100 they would have they would have annihilated us all right England are not in the top 10 of international football teams no no way it's just it doesn't doesn't and the Capello's management it's very odd. I mean, he's a phenomenally successful football manager. No doubt he knows more about these things than I do. But bringing Lampard back into the side at the age of 33, he's going to be 34 by the time the next major tournament rolls around. Uh, I think Lampard's been a really, really class player. But, you know, he's he's in the, in the later stages of his career. And there's such an opportunity to bring through Tom Cleverley. Anyway, it's it's ridiculous. It's stupid. England are stupid. They're just stupid. They're stupid fans with the England and their stupid band and and, and, the, and booing the national anthems and all that kind of stuff. What's the point? And using "God Save the Queen" as a chant. "God Save the Queen" is a terrible, terrible, terrible song. It's turgid. It's droney. It's horribly royalist. It's it's stupid. That's right. It's arrogant and presumptuous. It's all. It's England all over. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, down with the England national team, up with our boys. One of whom scored, of course, uh, a, a tiny shining light amongst the dross. Yes, a tiny, tiny shining light. Uh, it was two, two England games this week. Uh, uh, Wayne Bulgaria, 3-0 win. Uh, really got a couple. But even that wasn't very good, was it? And then and then followed up with, with Ashley Le- Young's well-taken goal, I thought, against Wales. But, but even that still just... Just an awful, awful game of football. I think you know it's been discussed over and over. But one of the problems with international football now is it can't it can't hold a candle to the latter stages of the Champions League, can it? Not, not at all. So uh, this is supposed to be the pinnacle.
pinnacle of of the world game, but but really it's not now. And you know, the breakup of uh, former Yugoslavia and uh, you know, the Soviet Union, all of that, has just filled European football with average teams. And, and nothing. Look, they all. It's yeah. You know, all all these countries uh, absolutely have a right to a team and all of that. And it'd be very arrogant of England to pretend that somehow just because England is one of the bigger nations in, in Europe that it's one of the best or has some you know, right to be at the top or anything like that. But but it's just full of turgid football. And uh, it very rarely does it mention Brazil versus Ghana earlier. Brazil haven't had a decent side since 1982. I mean, that's when they had a decent side and they got beaten. So they decided to roll out a whole bunch of turgid sides ever since. So it's a, it's a real problem. It is. But the, the World Cup's still good normally, or at least bits of it are good well it was good until like the last world cup which was rubbish yeah had some good moments in it like in that first game when that guy scored that goal Bafana, Bafana, and when peter drury said the greatest day in this nation's history on the day of kickoff oh dear yes yes not not a student of history peter drury i'm I'm thinking not so i mean a few few other united players involved in in matches this week actually johnny johnny island johnny evans missed northern ireland's tanking in a Estonia, uh, he was suspended. Good for him. Uh, Crossfield Jones missed and cleverly n- n- didn't play in either game. Let's see. That good again. Um, I think uh, Nani played a couple of times for Portugal, didn't he? Uh, Evra played Tuesday night for France, turned his ankle, which was a bit worrying. Uh, seems like he's probably okay. And that was about it. And uh, remember any other uh, United players out on, on uh, duty? I think Serbia played, didn't they? And, and of course, Chicharito scored for Mexico in their one-all draw with Poland in Warsaw uh, at the weekend, and then uh, didn't score uh, as Mexico beat Chile. Mexico versus Poland, of course, the the great lot of a lot of bitterness and and history behind that fixture as we all know but nice that Chicharito scored uh, and also nice that United players pretty much all got through it unscathed and Rooney got a couple of goals which is good keeps him in form Ashley Young scored yesterday which is good Rooney looked fit and lively all the way through the game yesterday so yeah uh, uh, no doubt that that'll sort of be picked up against Bolton at the weekend now Ed I feel it would be remiss of me not to explain to the listeners why you and I are going to miss the Bolton game on Saturday you are uh, mate you have somehow made the scheduling error of all scheduling errors and you're getting married whilst United are playing. Yeah, well, it could have been worse. It could have been during the Champions League final or something like that, couldn't it? Yeah, that's true. This yeah. is, this in, is... My, in my defence, the date was picked some some time before the fixtures were announced. Although, having said that, uh, uh, Saturday... Well, no, actually, see, this is the thing. If you're a United fan, the safest time to be doing something like this is about 3 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon because United never play at 3 o'clock in a Saturday afternoon. And they're not any... They're not. It's half five, but, uh, but still, yeah. It was all right when it was at half, uh, half 12 and then they switched it for ESPN's broadcasting pleasure. So what are we going to do? You said there's, there's Wi-Fi in the venue, so... There is, yeah. Someone will be streaming it on some sort of device, presumably. I, 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 would, I, I would think someone will be sneaking an iPad, iPhone laptop something big screen tv right. into the venue <laughs> C- 
good. I hope that Mrs. Rant doesn't mind too much that uh, we have <laughs> gathered round an iPad watching the football. But you'll actually be married by then, right? It's just that's just the reception. That, part. That's right. Exactly. It's a party. It's a party. Yeah, yeah. I, I did. I, I did ask the question on Twitter uh, you know, after the big day, uh, the big uh, evening. You know, nod, nod, wink, wink. What should Mrs. Rant be wearing? A 1999 Champions League final shirt, or, or, or a 1968 Champions League final shirt, and 99 won by some distance. Uh, interesting, interesting. Not not so many retro fans. I don't think it should be either of those. Uh, but let's not let's not get into that. It's just it's just wrong. <laughs> At Badger Wolf had the very good idea of a 1991 European Cup Winners Cup final share, all white. Yeah, you don't want Brian McClare's name on the back of it, though, do you? I don't think that would be good. Um, right, so you're getting married. If any, I'm, I have to make a speech at this affair, as is the tradition of these types of things. If any uh, listeners have got suggestions for content for that speech, um, it's not too late to get it in. Uh, at UTD Rantcast on Twitter. Uh, don't worry, I'm only putting in the clean ones. Uh, talking of Twitter questions, since nothing's happened in the world of football uh, since we last spoke, apart from a bunch of international games, I've got some Twitter questions I'd like to get to. At Dom18, that's D-O-M-B-1818, considering Smalling's form... Will Raphael regain his spot as first choice right back? Now, I could argue, of course, that he'd already lost that to his brother. Um, who's the first choice right back at Man United if everyone's fit? Well, the, well, the man in possession is Smalling, so I guess he is. Uh, I to, yeah, I, I mean, he, he's he's said this week, actually, that he, he doesn't see himself as a right back and he, he sees himself as a centre back and he's filling in. And and there have been times when he's been exposed, ball over the top, uh, has caught him out a couple of times, and and I don't think going forward is his strong. I mean, he's very he's very willing, but I don't think he's putting an awful lot of crosses. Same with the England game, so he's done very well. He's a very competent player. He, he's certainly done fine there. But I think if if Raphael's fit, you, you pick him. Okay, uh, you pick Raphael over Fabio. Well, that's a hard one. I, I you know they're the same, aren't they? Yeah, they Fabio, are. Raphael, yeah, the same. Yeah. I agree. Oh, by the way, sorry, talking of Twitter, and before uh, we move on from the subject of nuptials altogether I'd like to congratulate at Bliss Bubbly who got engaged this last week not trying to steal your thunder Red I, I said we'd dedicate this issue of the Rantcast this episode of the Rantcast to her so we'll do that I think although I guess it should be jointly dedicated to you and your good future lady wife as well uh, yeah Chicharito 1488 our friend from Germany says do we see problems maybe a mismatch in Smalling's career as a fullback he not in favour of that position himself Smalling uh, as, as you just yeah, said. Yeah, I, I mean, I just, I don't, I don't think it's a long-term thing for him. I think, I think it's expediency right at the moment, and I'd be really surprised if he's, he's still bombing up and down the wing in five years' time. But the thing is about it is, it, you can see why he sold John O'Shea, can't you? Small yeah, yeah. performance. Small is flexible, yeah. And Phil Jones played a couple of games at right back uh, over the uh, summer as well, so um, it's good. He's got flexible players. I mean. It, that is good. It's good in that. Uh, that's what Ferguson likes. It's bad if you're Smalling and Jones because they might be playing in 15 different positions. <laughs> we know we're having a Phil Neville and John O'Shea. Yeah, I mean, Chris Smalling looks very comfortable at right back, actually, um, apart from his crossing, which is which is definitely far from his strong suit. But that sheer athleticism is, is rather impressive, isn't it? It is. It is, yeah. And good for United. All good for United. One thing that is not good for United or City or anyone else is Gary Cook. What What is wrong with Gary Cook? It's Gary Cook, actually. Just a slight <laughs> correction. I, I, I never was that good at rolling my R's. Gary Cook. Uh, he's a terrible sausage, isn't he? Uh, you know, everyone makes inappropriate jokes. It's, it's one of the ways that humans cope with tragedy. 
it's it's an ancient part of human civilization. Ed, I I could not begin to count on the fingers of one hand the number of inappropriate jokes you make in the course of uh, you know a year. But that's on a whole different scale. Just to just to be so stupid as to to address that email to the wrong person and and make that kind of remark if you haven't seen the story i kind of feel like it's almost too distasteful to even get into it gary cook's made made a stupid stupid mistake and basically shouldn't be allowed to keep his job i don't think well no right that's right i mean he's replied to nedem anua's mother who's uh, also nedem anua's agent uh, and obviously was attempting to reply to brian marwood uh, she had made a comment about her cancer and and uh, Gary Cook mocked it, thinking he's replying to to Brian Marwood, and and it couldn't tell the difference between reply and reply all. There you go, yeah, cl- classic mistake, isn't it? And 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 the, the almost even more callous than his his you know, extremely callous joke about someone's illness is is that he can't take responsibility for it. He's not mad enough to do it. I mean, I know he thinks he's got away with it because this is 11 months ago and, and the Anuas are only releasing it now because they're, they're pissed off at City for, for not letting their son uh, go out on loan because he's got a new agent who happens to be Kia Jarabchin, Carlos Tevez's agent. So there's a, lot, there's a load of politics going on here as, as the background for this. But, uh, but Cook should just man up. He should man up. Everyone knows it was him. It was from his iPad. He was on the beach. He'd probably had a margarita or two too many. Thought he'd make some matey-matey joke with Brian Marwood. And it's backfired on him. And uh, that he's not man enough to just go and admit it was him is a, a very sad reflection on the man. So I've, I've got a, a specific question about this, though, which is the, the structure of the reply appeared to me to be suggesting he was sort of doing a kind of, oh, what are you like thing to an inappropriate joke made by whoever it was that had sent him the email, Brian Marwood, you know, because he said, ravaged with it, in quotes, question mark, you know, you used to be such a nice person, as if he, he, do you know what I mean? As if he was saying that Brian Marwood had made a joke and he was joking along with it. Yeah, well, maybe, and that might be one interpretation. The other interpretation is, you know, what a terrible man you are, Brian Marwood, because, you know, you're trying to negotiate uh, the the guy's contract down, you you evil man, jokey, jokey. This is is a long time coming, this. Uh, Nedum Anua um, contract situation. I mean, he, he's on a very generous contract for a player who's basically an unwanted reserve, and and that's part of the problem, of course. And uh, I mean, you know, I just, just it's just it's just offensive all over. And and the thing is, you just wouldn't catch as much as I dislike David Gill for other reasons. He wouldn't catch him doing that. He's he's so politically correct, straight down the line on message, 100% of the time. And. And it's uh, it's not the first time Gary Cook's done something like this. I mean, there's the the stupid drunken rant in that New York bar when he was going on about uh, City uh, going to you know it's not if but when we beat United and we'll be at Wembley. Oh, you know, yeah. There's uh, the recent deal with Etihad where it's like the most important deal in the history of football. Yes, of course it is, Gary. And there's uh, countless. I mean, I put I think I put ten of them up on the on the blog this week of times that Gary Cook has stuck his foot firmly in his mouth. Yeah, uh, you, you would. Have thought I wouldn't have thought that he'd survive this one. This one seems to be too much, too too much of a combination of hot button issues. And and the thing is, he's um, if you know he's leading a club that was a vanity purchase. Yes, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, how how long can he uh, how long can he keep embarrassing? Um, it's worth pointing out that both both you and Scott from the Republic of Mancunia, and I'm sure there was, um, this is no accusation of plagiarism. This is this is just the United fans' instant reaction. You both put up pieces called Gary Cook, the gift that keeps on giving. 
Yes, I know. I did. I actually did notice that. I'm just, I'm, you know, that I got there four hours first. I mean, I'm not saying Scott. No, it's just like, yeah. No, I know. It was, it was obvious in a way, wasn't it? Yeah, so, it was. Yeah. Cause... And, and uh, stupid Manchester City fans, of course, flooded uh, the, the four. I, you see, I don't, I don't get this. Uh, it's, it, for me, it's exactly the same sort of tribalism that has United fans accusing me of being anti-United when I write a piece of, you know, sort of uh, attacking the the Glazer family for their their economic policies or David Gill or something like that. It's not the same thing. I don't feel I don't understand the reason why uh, Manchester City fans feel the need to defend this man. I mean, it's not it's not supporting Gary Cook. He's not supporting your team. No, not at all. It's not it's not the same thing at all. You know, don't don't need to be defensive about it. But uh, but yes, they were. On a subject of a person I like considerably more, uh, well, two people I like considerably more than Gary Cook. At Happy Hero asks the question about Dimitar Berbatov. Do you think Berbatov will actually? start a league or champions league game this season i i definitely do oh of course he will yeah yeah he, he will i mean there's plenty of time for for injuries suspensions rotation once the champions league group games kick in it's saturday wednesday or sunday tuesday or whatever it's going to be uh, yeah of course of course he'll play at one one point during the the england match against wales really turned over on his ankle and was holding it for, for sort of 30 seconds before he got up so yeah and takes one injury to to rooney and that throws all united's plans out of out of sync doesn't it yeah, absolutely. Maz asks in Maz M A S Maz uh, asks in a comment on the the last post of the Rankcast on UnitedRant.co.uk. Was wondering if you had any insight on why Nanny is sending Young away from taking the corners. Uh, last season we were plagued with Nanny kicking the ball into the opposition player at the front post and the corner ended at the start of the season young started taking the corners and we could start counting our threats in the box corners were a goal scoring opportunity again i'm sure there are bigger footballing brains than mine encouraging him to do this do you have any ideas why this might be happening yeah i don't know it might be ego in any yeah I, I i've noticed the same thing actually he's come over and taken quite a few free kicks and corners when, when really should be nowhere near it uh, why doesn't fergie say you're not allowed to do that anymore nanny i don't know maybe he will i hope he yeah. does it's a very good point. Ashley Young's delivery from set pieces is excellent. Nanny's is not. Although in, I think it was the Tottenham game, Ashley Young seemed to take quite a few bad set pieces as if somehow being in a red shirt, the set piece curse left by David Beckham when he left the ground. Uh, oh, I guess no, actually. Cristiano Ronaldo <laughs> took a decent set piece, didn't he? So ignore that altogether. Well, he definitely took a decent free kick. Yeah, I, I don't know whether his corners were, were quite the same, but yeah. You'd always have him in the middle, wouldn't you, for headers? He said this week he might come back to England. I don't think there was much in that, really. No, there was nothing in this one. I think if you take the quotes out of context, you you might you might believe there was something in this. No, he he said this typical thing. God only knows what is my destiny. Yes, of course, Cristiano. God only knows, and and your agent. <laughs> maybe maybe they're the same thing. I don't know. Um, Jorge, Jorge Mendes might have a, a word or two about that one. But look, seriously, he said, yeah, maybe one day I will. And of course, my favourite team is Manchester. Political, maybe? Because uh, £500,000 a week on offer from Manchester City he could say, yes, my favourite team was always Manchester. Yeah, absolutely. No, he, it's a lot of United fans prefer to spin that as he does not acknowledge the existence of Manchester City. Yes, yes. Chap called Barber, B A R. 
B3R at Barber on Twitter asks, how would we compare the relative fates of Anderson, Carrick and Fletcher as the season progresses? We kind of talked about this a bit last week and I think it's really difficult to say a huge amount depends on form and fitness for all three of those players. Talking of internationals though, we, we didn't really mention that but Darren Fletcher got through 90 minutes. Twice, yes, twice. Missed a penalty. Yeah, scored. Well, made a brilliant assist. Made an assist, scored a goal, and missed a penalty. He had, he had the full lot. Yeah, of course, Scotland almost certainly out of Euro 2012, despite winning on Wednesday night uh, the draw with the Czech Republic. A pretty unlucky draw. Got a really dodgy last-minute penalty. Got a draw for the Czechs, and uh, so Scotland are almost certainly out of third in that group, and uh, with a like, game or two to go, depending on which team it is. And yeah, great, great scene gets through all those those games, and he's he's looking if not back to his best and at least fit again and and he, he's he's a great option for United because as well as cleverly and Anderson have done this season uh, and and Ferguson this week was talking about well it's an inside United interview so um, may well have been uh, written a, a couple of weeks ago but talking about how well Anderson's done and that he's fit and much more consistent and we, yeah absolutely true and uh, we know how well Tom cleverly has done as well and uh, he is if we're to believe the, the sort of inside track on this the reason that United haven't spent big on a on a creative midfielders and yeah no pressure there Tom uh, but but Darren Fletcher offers something different that kind of energy and ability to break up play and, and even if he isn't really a natural defensive player he's uh, he's done very well in that position over the last couple of seasons yeah absolutely um so I guess we should probably preview the Bolton game that we're going to be watching illicitly in the corner of your wedding reception I think that it would seem highly inappropriate for United to you to lose on your wedding day it would be wrong in fact wouldn't it yeah um I may well be getting a divorce if I'm caught but you know hey we won't worry about that will we you know it's going to be not the easiest game of the season away at the Reebok they're a decent side aren't they Bolton they managed to hang on to Gary Cahill despite the desperate pouring of North London managers yes Arsene Wenger sent in a six million pound bid yeah so bargain absolute bargain oh yeah no completely ridiculous valuation the traditional view of Bolton of course under Sam Allardyce was that they were a long ball side but uh, uh, Owen Coyle has them playing some good football they're a good, they're a good side they're a good side they'll be safely in mid-table at the end of the season they're not going to go down they are millions of pounds in debt of course and it's an interesting decision to to hang on to Gary Cahill when he could go for free at the end of the season uh, and not take the fee and given they, they've got something like 80 million pounds worth of debt Bolton uh, but they play some decent football it'll be a, it'll be a good game but United are playing well yeah absolutely I mean away from home we've only played one game away from home it was the opening game of the season against West Bromwich Albion and we did make slightly heavy work of that but we seem to have found a bit of a groove and hopefully that groove will continue away from Old Trafford in a way it didn't last season and put together some sort of you know fluent fluid dynamic uh, fluent play yeah I mean that didn't really happen at West Brom did it so I mean United, United were good for parts but it's obviously been you know far better against Tottenham and, and Arsenal so uh, we'll see it's it's a good test I guess the the challenge for Ferguson is who's who's fresh after the international break uh, Rooney played you know the full 180 minutes for England and uh, ran himself into the ground playing up front on his own uh, for two games uh, so he, he may well not be fresh uh, and there are some players who haven't played at all so 
obviously Giggs hasn't played, Carrick hasn't played, Berbatov hasn't played, although he did head over to, so when he saw that, head over to Bulgaria to watch the game. Javier Hernandez played twice, uh, Nani's played twice, I believe, Ever played at least once. So there's been quite a few players played, but then Anderson didn't play, and Cleverly didn't play, and Jones didn't play, and, and so on. So uh, it might be that Ferguson assesses the freshness, and, and it'll be the first time he's made some significant changes uh, for a game this season. Yeah, possibly be be interesting to see. I mean, I guess the fact that Anderson and Cleverly didn't play means they're they're a good shout for the central midfield pairing. They are, yes, uh, I guess so. And Carrick hasn't played at all this season. I mean, he does kind of need a game, doesn't he? But but I mean, the the good thing here is that pretty much everyone is fit. Uh, Raphael is out for another few weeks, but Ferdinand is fit. Didn't play at all for England, but uh, you know, essentially he's fit. I talked about uh, Fletcher now is back, uh, and I think uh, Antonio Valencia has been training, so I don't. He may well even be available for the squad. Well, it's, it's interesting. It'll be very, very interesting to see what Fergie does. And Ed, I look very much forward to seeing you on Saturday. And we will at least have a sneaky radio going somewhere in the reception, or I'll be able to check Twitter. So if everybody could keep us posted, that'd be very good. The rank cast appears to be going from strength to strength. I, I can't thank you guys enough for listening to it. If you do enjoy the show, please let us know on Twitter at United Rant for Ed and at UTD Rankcast for me. Let us know on UnitedRant.com. Uh, you can always post a comment there on the Rankcast post uh, or all the other fine posts that you can read there of course uh, reviews in iTunes always much appreciated or you can like United Rant on Facebook that's the the full range of plugs I think uh. the full the full range and of course before we go we have to do the obligatory prediction goals and goal scorers I'm trying to think of some wedding related pun but I can't I think that Chicharito will open his account as United win 3-1 ooh yeah well I, I, I'd love to predict a clean sheet for United but we haven't kept one this season so yeah uh, I, mean, I think I think uh, in the spirit of United finally breaking free of their away shackles I'm going to be completely unrealistic and say a 4-1 win for United and and I'd love to see Chicharito get on the score sheet uh, really can't stop scoring so I think he'll score and, and, and maybe one for Young too and for those of you who love useless stats this if United win it'll be the 200th away win in the Premier League oh, that, that is a useless stat and when you say of course we haven't kept a clean sheet this season you mean apart from the one third of our games that we've played so far where we kept a clean sheet yeah apart, apart from apart from that one against Tottenham that I completely forgot for uh, one second of course of course, uh, another another useless stat for those of you who love collecting it David De Gea has made more saves in the Premier League than any other player goalkeeper or player not that other players really do um, when you say in the Premier League you presumably just mean this season not in the Premier League era ever <laughs> yeah yeah. but but that might say something I mean it says something about the lack of protection that United are currently have in front of the back four and the inexperienced back four so we, we have been giving away opportunities and Ed I will say this to you on Saturday in person but I'd like to record it for to share with all the listeners uh, I'm sure Sure they would join me in wishing you the very very best for married life it's a, a huge occasion i'm very excited about it and many many congratulations yeah of course i've been married to united for the last 30 years so this is my second wife i wonder if she knows that if you have a son he's definitely going to be called eric yeah i've, I've already said okay yeah. that's yeah. all right then but on that note we will see you next week and we'll actually have some football to talk about hooray